Hello and welcome back to Corona Cold Reads, my entertainment world's answer to social isolation. Now that we've completed Shakespeare and Chekhov's canons, our troupe of professional and amateur theater lovers together is taking on great works across mediums. So from Aaron Sorkin to indie playwrights, Valentine's rom-coms, French classics, Greek tragedies, so much more. We've got everything coming up for you. So Shaw, Stoppard, Moliere, Efron, and so much more coming down the pike. So for you to enjoy in audio form here on our podcast feed, or if you want to catch all of our costumes, props, effects, and unplanned pet appearances, um, all of our readings are also available on our YouTube channel. Just search My Entertainment World and you'll see it there. Um, please keep in mind that these are genuinely cold readings. We're publishing unedited, so bear with us through some stumbles, tangents, and of course, every time someone's accidentally on mute. Um, that happens all the time. Sometimes people don't show up. You just got to bear with us. Uh, so to make sure you don't miss any of our content, be sure to subscribe on YouTube or on our podcast feed where you'll find episodes of all our favorite ongoing series, including this one, of course, as well as the Shakespeare series, the favorite series, Corona Movie Club, exclusive interviews, as well as our annual MLB roundtable discussion, which is my very favorite thing we do. So follow us on social media at MyEntWorld, my E-N-T world. Um, and of course, check out the website, MyEntertainmentWorld.ca, where you can find all of the above, as well as reviews, editorials, artist spotlights, and so much more. So thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the show. So I know that I have told you every single episode of Valentine's season that what you're about to hear is one of my favorite things we've ever done. But guys, this is really, really one of my favorite things we've ever done. So for the finale of Valentine's season, we did 10 things I hate about you. So again, like I said with Shakespeare in Love, anytime you're dealing with like Shakespeare nerds, especially millennial Shakespeare nerds, there is like the be all and end all is 10 things I hate about you. The sort of like 90s teen rom-comification of the taming of the shrew it's ridiculous it's got an all-time cast like this is like peak ledger joseph gordon love it oh julia styles it's so it's just delicious um allison janney's in this movie uh, i cast her as laura hubbard because of course i did um it's just it's a one it's a wonderful wonderful movie and if you haven't seen it what are you doing and go watch it but our version there, there was something so special about this reading. Um, a couple fun little highlights, like Anne Van Leeuwen is hilarious as Cameron, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt role. Um, and Miriam Bachman just like found her voice as Bianca Stratford, who I just, oh, that's for making my date plead. That's for my sister. And that's for me. Uh, Miriam's the best. And I loved her in this role so much. She was just like feisty and delicious and like, ingenue but like excellent and just sassy and i love her anyway um other amazing things in this in this one we had jamie mack as our as our guest star and he was joe joey the the bad guy he was so good that's a good one to watch on on youtube because he's just this like just such a jerk and jamie's so nice and so it was just this like really fun contrast and most of the group didn't know him and so he came in and he just like beautifully played joey and everyone was like who was that really evil person i was like oh that's jamie he's actually really lovely um so it was really fun to have him um tom harvey was really fun as bogey uh rachel came back rachel nissenker came as as mandela the best friend who loves shakespeare um and of course the the person who embodies shakespeare is who else scott garland as michael ekman uh which is a really fun casting as well um but 
Oh, oh, who else did I wanted? I also wanted to point out that this is um, a major participant in the Christopher Prentice disapproving fathers canon. Um, he is too young to be playing Walter Stratford, but we cast him there anyway, and he's very funny. Uh, so there's lots of great things in this one, but obviously, ultimately, it's going to come down to our cat and Patrick. Um, so Cat Stratford here is played by Gabby Grice in it's just she's so wonderful and it's so tricky with a movie like this because those performances live so close to our hearts like we they're just iconic and you don't want to replicate them and gabby there's something that about her sort of like deep soul and rebellious spirit that just was so beautiful in this movie i guess this reading of a script from a movie but she's she's plays cat with this like really sharp edge and like deep wounds and she's just it's absolutely beautiful um and if you know anything about gabby it really is uh like she's so connected to music and like this role is just so her and then she's beautiful in it um but my favorite thing about this this one was uh mark crater so uh what we do with the regular troupe is if it's somebody's birthday um, we kind of put them in charge of the reading a little bit. They often read stage directions or they can pick their role and they can do some of the casting. So this was actually on Melissa Wright's birthday. Uh, Melissa is Mark's real life fiance. And uh, so, but she had just read the lead role the week before. She was our, our Sally and when Harry met Sally. And so we couldn't give her a lead role two weeks in a row. So what we did was we had we had Gabby play the lead and then Melissa read the stage directions and we cast her real life love as Patrick, who is obviously the linchpin of the piece. Incredibly difficult role because it was Heath Ledger and you you can't replicate Heath Ledger and he's gone. And so it, it has this extra kind of weight to it. And so we cast Mark and, and what ended up happening is he didn't attempt the accent, which I think is perfectly fine. I don't think the character is written to have that accent. And because he didn't attempt the accent, it feels like a totally different thing. Like you don't think about Heath Ledger at all. It is a totally different reading. And what you're seeing is basically, it's almost like 10 Things I Hate About You in true script form, where like before the, that iconic casting was involved, it was just a story. And um, so he's more of a neutral character. And this was the first time we've gotten to see Mark do screen work. Um, and it's like he reaches through... Even though his real life fiance is sitting right beside him, it's like he reaches through the screen and just like grabs Gabby's heart. It's really something. Um, I highly recommend this one. This is another one I would maybe watch on YouTube because there's something, even though it's it's not big on costumes and props and things, there's some, but not a ton, but there's something about just like watching Mark and Gabby fall in love on screen that just like you look into Mark's eyes and you're just going to fall in love too. And so I think you should do that because I think you should watch it on YouTube and fall in love with Mark Crater because why not? It's Melissa Wright's birthday. Let's all celebrate. <laughs> um, so anyway, I've rambled on a long time, so I'm going to let you go. But uh, this one's so lovely and made me so happy. It was a little piece of magic on my Corona Cold Read screen. So thanks for everyone involved and uh, I hope you would love it as much as I do. 10 Things I Hate About You, written by Karen McCullough-Lutz and Kirsten Smith, loose, based loosely on The Taming of the Shrew by William Shakespeare. Well, here it is, the complete transcription of 10 Things I Hate About You from the movie itself. The original script available on the web is about as similar to the final movie as Rocky Balboa is to Rocky the Squirrel. Uh, so by gum, somebody had to get it right. Text found in brackets indicates moments where I've guessed what the characters are saying due to mumbling or my own lack of hearing or both. 
Exterior, Padua High School, day. Welcome to Padua High, your typical upper middle class high school in Seattle, Washington. Exterior, Padua High School, the street outside, day. Two cookie cutter girls sing along in their car to a bit of popular fluff music. Don't say that's not very good ladies, it's better than that. Anyways, Cat <laughs> Crawford, 18, pretty, but trying hard not to be and failing, pulls her rundown car up next to theirs and scowls with indignation at their choice of music. Exterior, Padua High School, front steps, day. Cat hurries towards the front door of what appears to be the Wayne Manor version of an ordinary high school. She approaches another cookie cutter cutie pasting an advert for prom on the wall and tears it down in passing. Hey! Interior, guidance counselor's office, day. Cameron James, a clean cut, easygoing, new kid at school with an optimistic, innocent face sits facing Miss Perky, a conservative spinster stereotype turned on its head. She's in the middle of composing some racy lines from her pulp romance novel in progress on her laptop. So, Cameron, here you go. Nine schools in 10 years. My, my. Army brat? Uh, yeah, my, my dad's. Uh... That's enough. Like, I'm sure you won't find Padua any different from your old school. Same little asswipe shipper brains anywhere. Excuse me, did, did you just say... Am I... Am I not... <laughs> Are you in the right office? No. Uh, no, not anymore. You're not. I've got deviants to see and a novel to finish now. Scoot. Scoot. Uh, okay. Yep. Thanks. Cameron rises to leave and Patrick passes Patrick Verona, a smug, long-haired Australian who's on his way in. Miss hmm. Perky looks down at her file and up at Patrick. Patrick Verona. I see we're making our visits a weekly ritual. She gives him a disapproving glance. He answers with a charming smile. Only so we can have these moments together. Should I, uh, put the lights? Oh, very clever, kangaroo boy. It says here you exposed yourself in the cafeteria. I was joking with the lunch lady. It was a bratwurst. Bratwurst? He was at his loins suspiciously. <laughs> Aren't we the optimist? Next time, keep it in your pouch, okay? Scoot. After he leaves, she goes back to writing her novel, adding the word bratwurst to the sentence she's working on. Interior school hallway, day. Michael Ekman, a typical overachieving brainy senior with a young Republican sense of style, introduces himself to Cameron among the bustle of the hall. Michael Ekman, I'm supposed to show you around. Oh, hi. Thank God. You know, normally they send down one of those like audio video geeks. <laughs> you know, I do. I know what you mean. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> An audio video geek pushing a cart full of film equipment rolls alongside them. Hey, Michael, where should I put those slides? Michael? Uh, so, uh, Cameron, uh, here's the breakdown. <clears throat> begin to walk down the hallway. 
Over there, you've got your basic beautiful people. Now listen, unless they talk to you first, don't bother. Uh, but wait, is that your rule or theirs? Oh, watch. Hey there. Eek. See that? The jock and his friends glare as if offended as the two walk away. Exterior, exterior school courtyard day. Groups of students stand around. Michael and Cameron continue their walk. To the left, we have the coffee kids. Whoa! <laughs> that was a Costa Rican, you butthead! Very edgy. Don't make any sudden moves around them. They step down and pass a table full of white boys with dreadlocks and prerequisite Jamaican berets. And these delusionals are the white Rasta. Uh, they're big Marley fans. They <laughs> think they're black. Semi-political, but mostly... Smoke a lot of weed? Yeah! Mm. They now approach a few kids dressed as urban cowboys. Uh, these guys. Wait, wait. Let me guess. Cowboys. Yeah, but the closest they've come to a cow is McDonald's. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> they approach a group of studious-looking teens who are bent over textbooks at a table. Now, these are your future MBAs. <laughs> We're all Ivy League accepted. Yuppie Greed is back, my friend. Hey, guys, how you doing? One of them looks annoyed and mutters something about Bogey. It is, in fact, Bogey Levenstein himself, leader of the academic hey. Why does he mutter his own name? Maybe in the third person. Bogey. <laughs> okay. Yesterday, I was their god. What happened? Bogey Levenstein. Started a rumor that Bogey. I... That I by my eyes odds at the outlet mall. So they kicked you out? Hostile takeover, but don't worry, they'll pay. Now, over here. Oh my God. Bianca, a young cream puff of a blonde girl, walks by in slow motion. Cameron is in deep smit. What, what group is she in? Uh, the don't even think about it group. That's Bianca Stratford, uh, a sophomore. I burn, I pine, I perish. Of course you do. You know, she's beautiful and deep, pure. Bianca walks with her friend Chastity, a cute and seemingly less loquacious version of herself. Yep. See, there's a difference between like and love. Because I like my Skechers, but I love my Prada backpack. But I love my Skechers. That's because you don't have a Prada backpack. Oh. Listen, forget her. Incredibly uptight father. And it's a widely known fact that the Stratford sisters aren't allowed to date. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, what, okay, what if? Interior English class day. A room full of bored seniors doodle and stare off into space. Mr. Morgan, an educated, no-nonsense man in his early 30s, presides. Okay then, what did everyone think of the sun also rises? A girl raises her hand and offers her appraisal. I loved it. Ah, it was so romantic. Kat, the girl we saw as we entered the school, is wearing a camo top in preparation for her daily war against high school ignorance. Romantic? Hemingway? He was an abusive alcoholic misogynist who squandered half his life hanging around Picasso trying to nail his leftovers. 
The other students roll their eyes. Joey Donner, a slick back knockoff of Slater from Saved by the Bell, makes fun of her from his row. As opposed to a bitter, self-righteous hag who has no friends? A few giggles. Cat fumes from her seat without looking back. Hey, pipe down, Chachi. I guess in this society, being male and an asshole makes you worthy of our time. What about Sylvia Plath or Charlotte Bronte or Simone de Beauvoir? Patrick suddenly steps into the classroom late. <sighs> what did I miss? The oppressive patriarchal values that dictate our education. Good. Immediately turns and leaves. Hey, hey! Uh, Mr. Morgan, is there any chance we could get Kat to take her mind all before she comes to class? More snickers from the class. Someday you're going to get bitch slapped, and I'm not going to do a thing to stop it. And Kat, I want to thank you for your point of view. She smiles to herself, her social indignation justified. I know how difficult it must be for you to overcome all those years of upper-middle-class suburban oppression. It must be tough. She deflates and becomes bitter again. But the next time you storm around the PTA crusading for better lunch meat or whatever it is you white girls complain about, ask them why they can't buy a book written by a black man. Two of the white Rasta kids from earlier take up his cry of inequality. That's right, Mon! That's right! Don't even get me started on you two. Okay, they sorry. sorry apologetically and quickly shut up. Cat is fuming again. Anything else? Yeah. Go to the office. You're pissing me off. What? Mr. Morgan. Later. Cat gets up in a tiff and on her way out hits Joey in the face with her books. Interior guidance counselor's office day. Miss Perky sits in front of her laptop, composing her sleazy novel. <sighs> Undulating with desire, Adrian removes her crimson cape, excited, stiff, and... Judith! Judith appears at the door. <clears throat> What's another word for engorged? I'll look it up. Okay. Cat approaches the office and overhears Miss Perky searching for the right word. Uh, swollen, turgid, tumescent. Perfect. So, I hear you were terrorizing Mr. Morgan's class again. Expressing my opinion is not a terrorist action. The way you expressed your opinion to Bobby Ridgway? By the way, his uh, testicle retrieval operation went quite well, in case you're interested. I still maintain that he kicked himself in the balls. The point is, Cat. Cat! He makes the connection, sorry, between Cat's name and the picture of a cat on her coffee mug she finds amusing. <sighs> oh, well, <clears throat> people perceive you as somewhat... Tempestuous? Penis bitch is the term most often used. Cat is unflattered. You might want to work on that. Thank you. Cat rises from her chair. As always, thank you for your excellent guidance. I'll let you get back to Reginald's quivering member. Cat leaves the office. Quivering member. I like that. Exterior school courtyard day. 
Joey and his cohort, a tough looking kid, are standing around people watching. His cohort notices Bianca and Chastity entering the courtyard and calls Joey's attention to Bianca. Virgin alert, not your favorite. Joey turns to look at Bianca. The girls pass by, noticing Joey. Looking good, ladies. They're out of your reach, even for you. No one's out of reach for me. You want to bet money on that? Money I've got. This I'm going to do for fun. Across the way, Cameron and Michael have been watching Bianca and Cameron notice, and Cameron notices Joey's admiration. Who's that guy? It's Joey Donner. He's a jerk off and a model. He's a model? A model. Mostly regional stuff, but he's rumored to have a tube sock ad coming out. Really? Really. Huh. They have a laugh at Joey's expense. Cameron turns back to watching Bianca. Man, look at her. Is she always so vapid? How can you say that? She's totally... Conceited. What are you talking about? There's more to her than you think. I mean, look look at the way she smiles. And look at her eyes, man. She's totally pure. I mean, you're missing what's there. No, Cameron, no. What's there is a snotty little princess wearing a strategically planned sundress to make guys like us realize we can never touch her. And guys like, uh... He looks around and notices Joey making his way towards the girls. Joey realize that they want to. She, my friend, is what we'll spend the rest of our lives not having. Put her in this bank bank. Move on. Gross. No. <laughs> Move on. No, you're wrong about here, her. I mean, you know, not... not not about the spanking part, but the rest, you're wrong. Gross. All right, I'm wrong. You want to take a shot? Be my guest. She's actually looking for a French tutor. Are you serious? That's perfect. Do you speak French? Well, no, but I will. Exterior school parking lot day. Kat and Mandela, her best friend, beautiful and attired in quasi-Renaissance clothes, walk towards Kat's car. Joey pulls up beside them in his red sports car. Hey, your little Rambo look is out, Kat. Didn't you read last month's Cosmo? Run along. She and Mandela continue walking. Further along, Bianca and Chastity are walking, embroiled and meaningful to conversation. I know you can be overwhelmed. You can be underwhelmed. But can you ever just be whelmed? I think you can in Europe. Joey pulls up alongside them. Uh, hi, ladies. Would you sweet young things like a ride? They look at each other and immediately hop in, climbing over his upholstery. Hey, careful on the leather! Across the lot, Kat and Mandela watch this display from inside Kat's clunker. That's a charming new development. It's disgusting. Meanwhile, Michael has mounted an old motorcycle equipped with a plastic dork basket on the handles. He jets a bit out of control and kills the engine in front of Kat's car. Pissed Ooh. off, she shouts out the window. Remove head from sphincter, then drive! Michael regains control and pulls out of the way to where Cameron has been watching. You alright? Yeah, yeah, just a minor encounter with the shrew. Your girlfriend's sister. What? That's Bianca's sister? Mm-hmm. The mewling, rampalian wretch, her 
belt. Stay cool, bro. He jets off once again, risks another near collision, and ends up flying right off the road and sliding halfway down a grassy hill. Recovering his composure, he realizes half the school is watching from the top of the hill. He raises his hands in the air and gives a victory yell, drawing cheers from the crowd. I did it! <laughs> Interior, Stratford House Day. Walter Stratford, Cat and Bianca's overly protective father, an obstetrician, enters through the front door, rifling through the mail. Hello, Katerina. Make anyone cry today? Sadly, no, but it's only 4.30. Walter smiles proudly as Bianca walks in and kisses him on the cheek. Hi, Daddy. Hello, precious. And where have you been? Nowhere. Walter, who hasn't raised his eyes from the mail, is inspecting a letter. Hmm, what's this? It says Sarah Lawrence. Cat snatches it away from him and runs across the room in a flurry of excitement, tearing it open and reading the contents silently. I got in! I got in! Oh, honey, that's great. But isn't Sarah Lawrence on the other side of the country? Thus the basis of its appeal. Yeah. I thought we decided you were going to stay here and go to UW, like me. Be a husky. Firing, growling noises. No, you decided. Oh, okay. So you just pick up and leave, is that it? Let's hope so. Kat gives Bianca a spiteful look, then smiles sweetly. Ask Bianca who drove her home. Kat, don't change the... Drove? Who drove you home? Bianca glares at Kat, then turns to Walter. Now, don't get upset, Daddy, but there's this boy. The flaming missile. Please. And, and I think he might ask me. Please. I think I know what he's going to ask you, and I think I know the answer. No. It's always no. What are the house rules? Number one, no dating till you graduate. Number two, no dating till you graduate. That's it. Daddy, that's so unfair. All right. You want to know what's unfair? Uh, This is for you two. This morning, I delivered a set of twins to a 15-year-old girl. Do you know what she said to me? A crack whore should have made my sleazy boyfriend wear a condom? Walter pauses and thinks for a moment. Close, but no. She said, I should have listened to my father. She did not. Well, that's what she would have said if she wasn't so doped up. Can we focus on me for a second, please? I am the only girl in school who's not dating. Oh, no, you're not. Your sister doesn't date. And I don't intend to. And why is that again? Walter is pleased and points to Bianca, expecting Kat to justify him. Have you seen the unwashed miscreants that go to the school? Where did you come from, Planet Loser? As opposed to Planet... Look at me! Look at me! Okay, okay. Here's how we solve this. Old rule, out. New rule, Bianca can date. Bianca lights up and Kat looks upset. When she does. But she's a mutant. What, what if she never dates? Then you'll never date. Oh, I like that. And I'll get to sleep at night. The deep slumber of a father whose daughters aren't out being impregnated. His beeper goes off and he heads for the door. Cat heads for the stairs. Uh, We'll talk about Sarah Lawrence later. Fine. Wait, Daddy! Gotta go! (laughs) 
can't you find a sad enough loser to take you to the movie so I can have just one date? I'm sorry. Looks like you'll just have to miss out on the witty repartee of Joey Eat Me Donner. You suck. You suck. Interior, tutoring room, day. Cameron sits at a table prepping for the French lesson he has scheduled with Bianca. Bianca arrives and plops down across from him. Can we make this quick? Roxanne, Corrine, and Andrew Baird are having an incredibly horrendous public breakup on the quad. Again. Um, yeah, okay, okay. I thought we'd start with pronunciation, if, if that's all right with you. Not the hacking and gagging and spitting part, please. Uh, well, there is an alternative. French food. We can eat some together Saturday night. You're asking me out? That's so cute. What, what's your name again? Cameron, uh, listen, I know that your dad doesn't let you date, but I thought that if it was fr for French class, then... Um... Uh, oh, wait a minute. Uh, Curtis? Cam uh, Cameron. My, my dad just came up with a new rule. I can date when my sister does. You're kidding. Well, let me ask you, do you like sailing? Because I read about this place that rents out boats. Uh, and can... Beaucoup problemo, Calvin. In case you haven't heard, my sister's a particularly hideous brand, breed of loser. Oh, yeah, yeah. I noticed she's a little antisocial. Why is that? Unsolved mystery. She used to be really popular. And then it was like, she got sick of it or something. There's a better to why, but I'm pretty sure she's just incapable of human interaction. Plus, she's a bitch. Well, yeah, um, but I'm sure, you know, there's lots of guys who wouldn't mind going out with a, a difficult woman. I mean, you know, people jump out of airplanes, ski off cliffs. It would be like extreme dating. You think you could find someone that extreme? Well, sure, I mean, why not? She reaches out and touches his arm. Would you do that for me? Um, yeah, yes, yes. I mean, <laughs> you know, I could look into it. So. <laughs> Exterior, a stairwell on campus day. Michael leads Cameron down a set of concrete steps to a secret gathering of dating candidates for Kat. Now, I have gathered a group of guys. Couldn't be more perfect. Padua's finest. They enter a dank room wherein waits a very motley crew of the most unlikely specimens one would expect. Cameron shoots Michael an unsatisfied grimace. Hi. How you doing? Would any of you be interested in dating Katerina Stratford? What follows is a truncated interview process where each candidate in turn sits in the interview chair and gives his response. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh. oh. I've never been that ripped. Maybe if we were the last two people on Earth and there were no sheep. Are there sheep? Interior biology class day. Several dissection charts of frog anatomy hang on the walls. 
The class is busy dissecting frogs, I should hope. Michael and Cameron, naturally, are lab partners. Patrick and his punk rock friend Scurvy are hacking away at their own specimen behind them. Did I or did I not tell you it was pointless? No one will go out with her. Patrick pulls out a butterfly knife and impales his frog violently with it. Oh, whoops, violently with it. Uh, Cameron has noticed the display. Hey, what about him? Him? No, no, don't look at him, okay? He's a criminal. I heard he lit a state trooper on fire. He just did a year in San Quentin. Yeah, well, and at least we know he's horny. <laughs> I'm serious, man. He's whacked. He sold his own liver on the black market for a set of new speakers. Patrick has taken out a cigarette, but just as he lights it on the Bunsen burner, Scurvy seizes it and snuffs it out. Frustrated, Patrick plays with the Bunsen burner instead. He's our guy. Patrick notices them watching him and they quickly turn away. Interior, woodshop, day. Boys and a few stray girls nail their pieces of wood. Cameron and Michael enter and Cameron approaches Michael optimistically. Hi, how you doing? Listen, I am... In response, Patrick brandishes a loud power tool and drills a hole in the middle of Cameron's beloved French... Okay. Later then. Interior, a hallway, day. Michael is staring through the new window in Cameron's French book. How do we get him to date Kat? I don't know. I mean, we could pay him. We don't have any money. Oh, well. What we need is a backer. What's that? Someone with money who's stupid. They both look Mm. pensive. Interior, cafeteria day. Joey and his pals sit at a table while Joey draws a pair of boobs on a cafeteria tray with a magic marker. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Michael walks up and sits at the table, casual as can be. Wow, is that a peach fruit roll-up? Because, I mean, you don't see many of them. Joey's friend grabs his wrist as he reaches for the roll-up. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. His wrist is released as he withdraws his hand. Are you lost? Uh, No, actually. I just came to uh, chat. We don't chat. Well, actually, I thought that I'd run an idea by you just to see if you're interested. I'm not. Well, Hear me out. Now, Uh, Joey grabs Michael by the side of the head and proceeds to draw a penis on his cheek with the magic marker. Michael suffers the indignity and speaks undaunted. You want Bianca, right? But she can't go out with you because her sister is this insane head case and no one will go out with her, right? Does this conversation have a purpose? What I think you need to do. You need to hire a guy who will go out with her. Someone who doesn't scare so easy. Michael points to Patrick, who sits with scurvy. Patrick spits a stone from a piece of fruit at his tray. That guy? I heard he ate a live duck once. Everything but the beak and the feet. 
clearly he's a solid investment. Joey turns to look at Michael. What's in it for you? Hey, I'm walking down the hall and say hello to you. You say hello to me. Yeah, yeah, I get it. You're cool by association. I'll think about it. Yeah. Michael looks yeah. neat and bobs his head as if grooving to music. We're done now. He gets up and walks to the back of the room where Cameron waits anxiously. What are you doing getting him involved? Relax now, relax. We let him pretend he's calling the shots while he's setting things up. You have time with Bianca. That is a good idea. Exterior, a hill. Oh, they didn't do the thing about the... the anyways you have a dick on your face yeah dick on his face oh god anyway exterior a hill overlooking the stadium day bogey levenstein has gathered his club of future yuppies for a golf lesson now remember guys grip it and rip it he hits the golf ball down into the stadium field where it is collected by a kid holding a basket of balls the field is filled with students exercising the women's soccer team is practicing Joey makes his way toward Patrick, who is sitting with scurvy and smoking. Hey, how you doing? Patrick ignores him completely. I had some great duck last night. Do I know you? See that girl? He turns to see Kat playing soccer on the field. Yeah. That's Kat Stratford. I want you to go out with her. Yeah, sure, Sparky. He and Scurvy laughed the idea. Look, I can't take out her sister until Kat starts dating. You see, her dad's whacked out. He's got this rule where the girls... That's a touching story. Really is. Not my problem. Would you be willing to make it your problem if I provide generous compensation? You're going to pay me to take out some chick? Mm-hmm. How much? 20 bucks. Patrick turns to have another look at Kat. She violently body checks another girl and knocks her down. Fine. 30. Well, let's think about this. We go to the movies. That's uh, 15 bucks. We get popcorn. That's uh, 53. And, oh, she wants some raisinets, right? So uh, we're looking at 75 bucks. This ain't a negotiation. Take it or leave it, Trailer Park. 50 bucks and we've got a deal, Fabio. Joey hands him $50. Exterior, soccer field, day. Cat and the rest of the team complete their practice session. Mr. Chapin, the coach, calls the girls in over his megaphone. Uh, that's a great practice, everybody. Nice check there, Cat. Yeah. Patrick snuffs out a cigarette and approaches Cat. Hey there, girly. How you doing? Sweating like a pig, actually. And yourself? Well, no, there's a way to get a guy's attention, huh? My mission in life. She stands there undaunted, hand on hip. But obviously I've struck your fancy, so you see, it worked. The world makes sense again. She walks away. He follows. Pick up on Friday then. Oh, right. 
Friday. Uh-huh. The night I take you to places you've never been before. Like where? The 7-Eleven on Broadway? Do you even know my name, screwboy? I know a lot more than you think. Doubtful. Very doubtful. She walks away quickly, leaving him standing alone. Across the field, Cameron and Michael watch. We're screwed. Hey, no, hey. I don't want to hear that defeatist attitude. I want to hear you upbeat. We are screwed. There you go. As they watch, the coach gets hit with a golf ball and falls to the ground. We cut back to Bogey and his group of NBA nerds. Hi, Bogey. Bogey is motionless, a super cheese smile glued to his face. Interior Stratford house slash bathroom night. Cat washes her face at the sink. Bianca enters behind her. Have you ever considered a new look? I mean, seriously. You could have some definite potential buried under all this hostility. I'm not hostile. I'm annoyed. Why don't you try being nice? People wouldn't know what to think. You forget. I don't care what people think. Yes, you do. No, I don't. You don't always have to be who they want you to be, you know. I happen to like being adored. Thank you. Where'd you get the pearls? They're moms. (laughs) And you've been, what, hiding them for three years? No. Daddy found them in a drawer last week. So you're just going to start wearing them now? Not like she's coming back to claim them. And besides, they look good on me. Trust me, they don't. Exterior, downtown street, day. Cat emerges from a store. Patrick is waiting for her, leaning casually against her front fender. Nice ride, vintage fenders. Are you following me? I was in the laundromat. I saw your car. Came over to say hi. Hi. She moves to open the door, but he slides over and blocks her way. Not a big talker, huh? Depends on the topic. My fenders don't really whip me into a verbal frenzy. You're not afraid of me, are you? (laughs) Afraid of you? Why would I be afraid of you? Well, most people are. Well, I'm not. Well, maybe you're not afraid of me, but I'm sure you've thought about me naked, huh? (laughs) Am I that transparent? I want you. I need you. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. She opens the door and forces him out of the way. She starts to pull out and is blocked by Joey's sports car, which pulls up perpendicular to her rear and parks. What is it? Asshole day? Hey, do you mind? Not at all. He continues on into the store. Cat stares at him in disbelief, then backs up fast. Her vintage fenders crash into the door of Joey's precious ego-mobile. Patrick watches with a delighted grin as Joey races back to his car. You bitch! Cat watches with an innocent look of surprise. Whoops! Interior Stratford House night. Walter paces as Cat sits calmly on the couch. Whoops! My insurance does not cover PMS. Well, then tell them I had a seizure. 
Is this about Sarah Lawrence? Are you punishing me because I want you to stay so close to home? Are you punishing me because mom left? You think you could leave her out of this? Fine. Then stop making my decisions for me. I'm your father. That's my right. So what I want doesn't matter? You're 18. You don't know what you want. And you won't know what you want until you're 45. And if you get it, then you'll be too old to use it. I want to go to an East Coast school. I want you to trust me to make my own choices. And I want you to stop trying to control my life just because you can't control yours. Oh, yeah? Well, you know what I want? Walter's beeper goes off. We'll continue this later. Can't wait. She heads out of the room and is intercepted by Bianca, who's just off the phone. Did you just maim Joey's car? Yeah. Looks like you're going to have to take the bus. Has the fact that you're completely psycho managed to escape your attention? Cat walks away. Daddy! Interior hallway day. Patrick shuts his locker, revealing Joey's angry visage glowering next to him. When I shell out 50, I expect results. Yeah, I'm on it. Watching the bitch violate my car doesn't count as a date. If you don't get any, I don't get any. Let's go get some. Joey starts to walk off. I just upped my price. What? Yeah, a hundred bucks a date in advance. Forget it. Forget her sister then. Joey thinks for a frustrated moment, then peels another 50 out of his wallet. Better hope you're as smooth as you think you are, Verona. Patrick takes the money with a smile. Interior, shop class, day. Michael and Cameron enter the class. Scurvy brushes by them. Uh, go. Oh, you go. I went before. Cameron makes his way to where Patrick is working at the buffer. We know what you're trying to do with Cat Stratford. Is that right? And what do you plan to do about it? Help you out? Why's that? The situation is my man Cameron here has a major Jones for Bianca Stratford. What is it with this chick? She have beer flavored nipples? Hey! I I think I speak correctly when I say that Cameron's love is pure. Purer than, say, Joey Donner's. Look, I'm in on this for the cash. Donner can plow whoever he wants. Okay, okay. There will be no plowing. Uh, Patrick! uh, Pat, let me explain something to you here. We set this whole thing up so Cameron can get the girl. Cameron, Joey's just a pawn. So you two are going to help me tame the wild beast. (laughs) We'll do some research. We'll find out what she likes. We are your guys. And he means that in a strictly non-prison movie type of way. Yeah, yeah. Let's start here. Now, Friday night, Bogey Levenstein is having a party. It's the perfect opportunity. Opportunity for what? For you to take out Cat. I'll think about it. He walks away, leaving Michael and Cameron grinning at each other. (laughs) And for a little payback, this is going to be some party. 
Close up on a party invitation Michael holds up. It advertises a wine and cheese party. Transition, the words wine and cheese are replaced by free beer. Don't call and just show up are printed at the bottom next to Bogie's address in Seattle. Let's do this. Slow motion shot of them dumping a pile of flyers down the school stairwell. Students' hands reach out and grab them as they fall. Interior hallway, day. Joey stands at his open locker with Bianca. Okay, now this is important. Which do you like better? He holds up two identical glamour model photos. In one, he's wearing a white shirt. In the other, it's he's in a black shirt. Um, I think I like the white shirt better. Yeah. It's more... Pensive? Damn, I was going for thoughtful. So you going to Bogey Lowenbrow's on Friday night? Yeah, I might. Because, you know... I'm not gonna bother if you won't be there. The class bell rings. See you there. Okay. Bye. She walks away. He turns to a mirror hanging in his locker and winks at himself, then unhappily adjusts an out of place hair. Exterior, under a bridge, day. Bianca and Cameron are on a nice walk together. No one else is around. So, have you heard about Bogey Lowenstein's party? Yes. And I really, really, really want to go, but I can't, not unless my sister goes. Yeah, I know. I'm working on that. But so far, she's not going for my guy. He fishes for information. She's not a, like, um... Oh, Katie Lang fan? Uh, no. I found a picture of Jared Leto in her drawer once, so I'm pretty sure she's not harboring same-sex tendencies. Okay, okay. So that's the kind of guy she likes? Like, pretty guys? I don't know. All I've ever heard her say is that she died before dating a guy that smokes. Okay. All right. What else? You're asking me to investigate the inner workings of my sister's twisted mind? I don't think so. Nothing else has worked. I mean, we need to go behind enemy lines. Interior, Kat's bedroom, day. Bianca rifles through Kat's drawers while Cameron watches with notable interest. Okay, here we go. As she names off pertinent discoveries, she hands them to Cameron. Schedule, reading list, date book, coffee tickets, um, concert tickets. Aha, black panties. What does that tell us? She wants to have sex someday, that's what. (laughs) She could could just like the color. You don't buy black lingerie unless you want someone to see it. Oh. So, uh, can I see your room? No, a girl's room is very personal. Exterior biker bar night. Michael and Cameron arrive on Michael's dumpy motorbike and park next to a hard looking cat on a heavy bike. (sighs) Nice bike. Yeah. You think so? (laughs) 
The biker roars off without answering. Interior biker biker bar night. Michael and Cameron make their way through the surly denizens of the saloon who watch them and wonder. Oh. Is this what a bar looks like? Don't touch anything. You may get hepatitis. They head toward Patrick, who plays pool by himself. As they pass another table, Michael picks up the eight ball, ruining the game-winning shot a tough guy is making, and crosses it back onto the table without realizing what he's done. So, what have you got for me? A little insight into a very complicated girl. Just one question before we start. Should you be drinking alcohol and have a liver? What? Uh, nothing. Nothing. First thing. Cat hates smokers. Cameron plucks the cigarette out of Patrick's fingers and drops it on the floor. Patrick isn't pleased. You're telling me I'm a non-smoker? Yeah, but just for now. And there's another problem. Bianca said that Cat likes pretty guys. This is met with silence then. Are you telling me I'm not a pretty guy? He's very pretty. He's a gorgeous guy. I, well, I wasn't sure. I didn't know. I didn't... Cameron pulls out a list of information. <laughs> All right. Okay. Likes. Thai food. Feminist pros. And um, angry girl music of the indie rock persuasion. Here's a list of CDs that she has in her room. So I'm supposed to buy her some noodles and a book and sit around listening to chicks who can't play their instruments, right? Have you ever been to Club Skunk? Her favorite band is playing there tomorrow night. I can't be seen at Club Skunk, all right? But she'll be there. She's got tickets. Just assail your ears for one night. She has a pair of black underwear, if that helps. Oh, couldn't hurt, right? (laughs) Interior Club Skunk night. Patrick walks down the hallway toward the stage and is eyed suspiciously by various girls in the hall. He enters, searches the crowd, and finds Kat dancing with Mandela. He sits at the bar. Verona, what are you doing here tonight? Kat stops dancing and shouts at her friends. I need agua. She heads for the bar. Two waters. She spots Patrick ignoring her and looks disgusted. If you're planning on asking me out again, you might as well just get it over with. Would you mind? You're kind of ruining this for me. You're not surrounded by your usual cloud of smoke. I know. I quit. Apparently they're bad for you. You did? You know, these guys are no bikini kill or raincoats, but they're, they're not bad. He stands and heads into the crowd. Steamed for a moment, Cat rushes after him, stunned. You know who the raincoats are? Why, don't you? I was watching out there before. The song ends and there is a moment of silence in the club as he continues to use his loud club volume voice. I've never seen you look so sexy. 
crowd hears him clearly and laughs. He grins with embarrassment. <laughs> Come to the boogie's party with me. You never give up, do you? She begins to walk away through the crowd. Was that a yes? No. <laughs> well, was that a no? No. <laughs> I'll see you at 9.30 then. Interior, Stratford living room, night. Bianca and Chastity are dolled up in party clothes and are attempting to sneak down the stairs and out the door. Walter is reading the paper, facing the opposite direction. You should have used the window. She pretends everything is normal. Hi, Daddy. Hi. Where are you going? Well, if you must know, a small study group of friends. Otherwise known as an orgy. Mr. Stratford, it's just a party. And hell is just a sauna. Cat comes walking down the stairs, oblivious of what's going on. Walter directs his attention towards Cat. You know about any party? Cat shrugs and shakes her head. People expect me to be there. If Cat's not going, you're not going. Bianca turns to Cat. Why can't you be normal? Define normal. Bogey Lowenstein's party is normal. What's a Bogey Lowenstein? Bogey's party is just a lame excuse for all the idiots at our school to drink beer and rub up against each other in hopes of distracting themselves from the pathetic emptiness of their meaningless, meaningless consumer-driven driven lives. Cat stops short, surprised she's become so predictable. Can you, for just one night, forget that you're completely wretched and be my sister? Please. Please, come on, Kat. Please do this for me. She's very sincere. Kat is swayed. Fine. I'll make an appearance. Bianca and <laughs> look at each other, thrilled, and burst into gleeful screams, hugging Kat from either side. It's starting. It's just a party, Daddy. Walter looks dazed. I want you to wear the belly. Daddy, no. Not all night. Just around the living room for a minute so you can understand the full weight of your decisions. He rushes to a cupboard and pulls out a padded faux pregnancy jacket. Bianca limply holds out her arms in defeat. He hangs it on her. I am perfectly aware. Listen to me. Every time you think about kissing a boy, I want you to picture wearing this under your halter top. You are so completely unbalanced. Uh Uh-huh. We're going now. All right, wait a minute. No drinking, no drugs, no kissing, no tattoos, no piercings, no ritual animal slaughter of any kind. Oh God, I'm giving them ideas. Cat opens the door and there stands Patrick. What are you doing here? 9.30, right? Cat's in shock. Um, I'm early. Whatever, I'm driving. He peeks in behind her. Who knocked up your sister? Interior, Michael's house, night. Cameron and Michael are preparing to go to the party. Michael employs a variety of questionable beautification techniques. So then Bianca says that I was right that she didn't wear the Kenneth Coles with that dress because she thought it was mixing genres, right? 
And the fact that I noticed, and this is a direct quote, really meant something. Cameron uh, looks at uh, Michael expectantly. You told me that part already. I've been thinking about it all the time. Stop being so self-involved for one minute. How do I look? You look like my great uncle Milton. I think I should lose the tie. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're right. I just so nervous, you know, and I'm also very excited. Mm-hmm. I'm nervous and I'm excited. Mm-hmm. It's all very mixed up. I don't know. Okay. All right. Just calm down. All right. The last party I was went to was at a Chuck E. Cheese. You want to talk about some fun? <laughs> that is a good time. <laughs> Exterior, Bogey Lowenstein's house, night. A huge pack of partygoers carrying kegs and ready to have some fun, charged through the night like hungry wolves, descending on Bogey's well-lit, upscale suburban home. Interior, Bogey Lowenstein's house, night. Bogey, the leader of the future MBAs, plays the host to some stiff-looking kids arranged on some flowery sofas in a very expensive-looking den. He hands out cigars proudly. Now remember, guys, don't touch anything. He spots one of his guests fondling a crystal vase and seizes it. (laughs) What did I tell you? He puts it back where it came from as the doorbell rings. He lights up and heads for the door. It's got to be Nigel with the brie. Before he gets to the door, the room is stampeded with partiers. Within seconds, the house is filled to capacity. A DJ is suddenly spinning and booze is everywhere. Interior, upstairs balcony, bogeys, night. Michael drifts through an archway with a beer in his hand and felines for a busty blonde. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about getting a Tercel. <laughs> yeah, that's a Toyota. She winces and she and her friends start to walk away. It has dual side airbags and a spacious back seat. Across the way, Kat and Patrick come up the stairs to the balcony. Patrick encounters a very drunk and happy girl. Kiss me! She embraces him and he turns her around and nudges her into the arms of a lonely guy on a chair. Kiss him! She immediately falls upon the lucky guy's lips. He manages to tear himself away for a moment as Patrick passes. Thanks, man! (laughs) Doing so, he forgets about the girl and drops her on the ground. Meanwhile, Kat has made her way oh, no. into the room where she is met by Joey. Sweet. Looking fresh tonight, Pussycat. Kat gives him a dark look and then stops and points at his forehead. Wait. Was that... Did your hairline just recede? He's flustered for a moment. When he recovers, she's already walking away. Hey! Where are you going? Away. Your sister here? Stay away from my sister. Well, I'll stay away from your sister. But I can't guarantee she'll stay away from me. A ruckus sounds from the next room and a jock jumps in next to them. Fight! Ooh, fight! He and the jock run off to watch. Two guys are slugging it out in the den. Bogey watches in horror. You guys, please take it outside. They wrestle and crash through the bay window into the grass outside. Thank you. 
Cat pushes through the gathered crowd to get away and encounters Joey with Bianca on his arm. Hey, Cat, look who found me. Joey and Bianca walk away. She ignores Cat. Bianca, wait. Please don't address me in public. No, wait, there's something I need to tell you. Look, I am busy enjoying my adolescence, so scamper off and do the same. Bye bye. They leave a dejected cat behind. A guy with a tray of shots sidles up next to cat. Want one? <laughs> Patrick appears behind her as she snatches a shot and downs it with a grimace of intense discomfort. What's this? Right on, sister. I've been looking all over the place for you. I'm getting trashed, man. Isn't that what you're supposed to do at a party? I don't know. I say do what you want to do. Funny. You're the only one. Later! She pushes the way into the crowd. Interior, Bogey's living room, night. Michael spots another pair of girls and tries his luck again. He does a weak impression of an Irish jig. Lord of the Dance. Hi, Heather. Bite me. Uh, Should have kept the tie. Cameron comes up behind him. Hey, have you seen her around anywhere? Michael spots Bianca and Chastity coming down the stairs and points Cameron in her direction. Uh, Relax, relax. I'm telling you, follow the love, man. Cameron walks over to the girls. Hi, Bianca. Hi, Cameron. Um, you know Chastity? A bit uncomfortable. She pushes Chastity between them. Uh, yeah, I I think we have art together, right? Right. So, uh, you look, you look really amazing. Chastity shows pitiable disdain at his obvious past. Thanks. Joey comes down the stairs and has overheard Cameron's compliment. Chastity looks him up and down approvingly. We all know I look amazing. The girls both giggle. Bianca, let's go. We're all congregating around Mr. Curvo. Um, I'll see you around, okay? Joey and the girls walk away as Cameron stares in disbelief. Joey looks back just long enough to flash him a thumbs up. Cameron is crushed. Interior, a room, Bogey's house, night. Bianca walks next to Joey as he blathers about modeling. So I've got the Sears catalog thing going. Tube, sock, gig. That's good. That is going to be huge. He pauses as someone screams and falls off the roof outside the window. And I'm up for a hemorrhoid cream ad next week. Bianca looks truly offended. I know it sounds kind of bogus, but I, I got to get a do some acting. He pauses again, this time to place his empty can of Budweiser atop a large beer can pyramid. He then strikes a pose. Bianca is watching. See what I did there? Um, uh-huh. That was underwear. I'll show you the bathing suit one next. It's exactly the same. You see the difference? She turns away looking disgusted again. He notices her lack of interest and takes it in stride, turning immediately to someone behind him. Okay, I'll show you. Bianca uses the opportunity to slip away. 
Interior, Bogey's den, night. A cowboy sits with another kid chewing tobacco. He unloads a mouthful of it into a nice crystal vase. Bogey <laughs> takes the vase from them and moans woefully. <sighs> Bianca passes, searching the crowd and spots Joey through an archway, striking poses for a crowd. She turns away and faces Cameron, who is obviously not happy with the evening's turn of events. Bianca decided to avoid the inevitable conflict and pulls Chastity in the opposite direction. Is it just me, or does this party all of a sudden suck? They walk away. Cameron looks sour. Interior, Bogey's kitchen, night. Patrick is searching for Cat. He passes the drunk girl and lucky guy from earlier, and the guy grabs his shirt. Really? Really? Thank you. Patrick gives him a pat on the shoulder and moves on. He spots Kat, who is already very drunk, standing with a fresh shot in her hand. Patrick tries to remove a shot glass from Kat's hand. Hey, 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 why don't you let me uh, have this one, eh? Kat is fierce in her refusal and pulls the shot away. No! This one's mine! She rushes off. Joey enters, grabbing Patrick by the shoulder, distracting him from following Kat. My man, how did you get her to do it? Do what? Act like a human. They both notice Kat has climbed up on a table in the next room and is dancing. Joey is very pleased and rushes to watch. Yeah, all right. Others form a crowd, clapping and cheering her on. Bianca sees her from the balcony and rushes off. Kat completes her dance by falling off the table. Patrick catches her. Uh, Are you okay? I'm fine. She tries to sit up but falls back again. You're not fine. Come on. He helps her to walk away from the table and down the hall. I just need to lie down somewhere. Uh Uh-huh. You lie down and you'll go to sleep. Sleep is good. Yeah. Not if you have a concussion. Uh, Exterior, Bogey's house, night. A few partygoers stand around as Patrick guides her toward a stone bench. Come on. Here, sit down. As Patrick sits Cat down, Cameron comes up next to him. Hey, 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 hey. I'm a little busy right now. Hey, we need to talk. I'm a little busy right now. Can you give me a second? Patrick steps aside with him. It's off, okay? The whole thing is off. What are you talking about? She never wanted me. She wanted Joey the whole time. Cameron, do you like the girl? Yeah. Yeah. And is she worth all this trouble? Well, thought she was, but you know, I... Well, she is or she isn't. See, first of all, Joey is not half the man you are. Secondly, don't let anyone ever make you feel like you don't deserve what you want. Go for it. Pat begins to fall off the bench and Patrick catches her again. Come on. He stands her up and they walk away. Come on. Patrick continues walking an oblivious cat away from the party. Cameron stands there, unsure how to make use of this advice. Exterior, the street outside Bogey's house, night. Patrick marches Cat down the street, holding her up. They head up the hill. You're so patronizing. <laughs> Leave it to you to use big words when you're smashed. She pushes his arm off and tries to walk on her own. I don't think so. She falls down and stands back up again. Okay. 
Why are you doing this? I told you, you may have a concussion. You don't care if I never wake up. Sure I do. Why? They reach a set of two swings hedged by ivy and stop. Well then, because then I'd have to start taking out girls who actually like me. <laughs> like you could find one. <laughs> See that there? Who needs affection when I have blind hatred? Let me sit down for a while. She walks over to the swings and flops down, moving her hands to hang on to the ropes. She pits and looks at him for a moment with a smile, then falls over backward just in time to be caught again. Jesus. Patrick sits on the other swing. So why'd you let him get to you? Who? Joey. I hate him. Well, you've chosen the perfect revenge. Mainlining tequila. They both laugh. <laughs> well, you know what they say. Stops the swing. No. What do they say? Cat is asleep, her head resting against the swing's rope. He's concerned about her falling asleep with a possible concussion. No, 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 no. Cat, come on, wake up. Look at me. Listen to me, Cat. Open your eyes. He slaps her and she slowly opens her eyes. Hmm. Hey, your eyes have a little green in them. He sighs with relief and smiles. They make meaningful eye contact and she then vomits. <laughs> Exterior, Bogey Lowenstein's driveway, night. Kids loiter outside. Bianca and Chastity are waiting. Hey, I don't know if we should go. Joey comes up to them. Hey, a bunch of us are going to Jared's house. Ready? Um, I have to be home in 20 minutes. I don't have to be home till two, so... One more chance. Oh, man. I can't. Damn. That's a shame. Well? Uh, you want to go? Sure. Chastity. Hey, you passed. Chastity leaves with Joey. Bitch. Cameron exits the party and stops when he sees Bianca standing alone. Uh, hey. Have fun tonight? Puns. He starts to walk on. Cameron? He stops. She gives him a helpless smile. Do you think you could give me a ride home? He stops, facing away from her. He looks very put out. Interior, Cat's car, night. Patrick drives as Cat sits in the passenger seat. She listens to the stereo. I can do this. Do what? This. She points it to the radio. Start a band? No, install car stereos. Yeah, start a band! My father would love that. Patrick pulls up to her house and stops the car. You don't strike me as the type that would ask your father's permission. She turns to look at him. Oh, so now you think you know me? I'm getting there. Her voice loses its venom. The only thing people know about me is that I'm scary. Yeah, well, no picnic myself. They eye each other, sharing a moment of connection. 
So, uh, what's with your dad? Is he a you know, pain in the ass? No, he just wants me to be someone I'm not. Who? Bianca. Ah, Bianca. No offense or anything. I mean, I know everyone digs your sister, but um, she is without... Cat uh... stares at him with new admiration. You know, you're not as vile as I thought you were. She leans drunkenly toward him. Their faces grow closer as if they're about to kiss, and then Patrick pulls away. Uh, maybe we, uh, <laughs> should do this another time. Cat stares at him, pissed, then gets out of the car and stomps off. Cameron's car, night. Bianca and Cameron ride in silence. He pulls up in front of her house and finally breaks it. You never wanted to go sailing with me, did you? Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Well, okay, no, not actually. Well, then that's all you had to say. You always been this selfish? Bianca thinks for a few seconds. Yes. You know... Just because you're beautiful doesn't mean you can treat people like they don't matter. I mean, I really like you, okay? I I defended you when people called you conceited. I helped you when you asked me to. I learned French for you. And then you just blow me off. She looks at him for a moment, then grabs his face and gives him a kiss on the lips. He is stunned. She smiles, then gets out of the car without another word. Cameron looks as though he's just been told he's inherited a billion dollars as she turns, smiles, and walks away. And I'm back in the game! (laughs) Interior English class day. Kat enters the class. Derek, a white Rasta, pokes fun at her for dancing at the party the night before. Kat, me lady, you sway to the rhythm of me art. Clem, a cowboy, chimes in as she makes her way to her seat. Ooh-wee! Dance for me, cowgirl! <laughs> Cat babe, what do we owe you for the table dance? Uh, not that I care, but how's everybody's weekend? Oh, I don't know. Maybe we should ask Cat. Unless you kick the crap out of your dumb butt, I don't want to hear about it. Okay. Let's open up our books to page 73, Sonnet 141, and listen up. Quotes your sonnet with a modern rapper lilt. In faith, I do not love thee with mine eyes, for they and thee a thousand errors note. But tis my heart loves what they despise, who in despite of you is pleased to redoubt. Now, I know Shakespeare is a dead white guy, but he knows his shit, so we can overlook that. I want you all to write your own version of the sonnet. The class groans in disapproval. Uh. Kat raises her hand. Mr. Morgan is unpleased. He's obviously accustomed to her opposition. Yes, miss, I have an opinion about everything. Do you want this in iambic pentameter? You're not going to fight me on this? No. I think it's a really good assignment. (laughs) You're just messing with me, aren't you? No. I'm really looking forward to writing it. Get out of my class. 
What? Out. Get out. He looks confused, slowly rises, and leaves. Thanks, Mr. Morgan. Ah, uh, shut up. Interior hallway day. Mandela is at her locker. Drawings of William Shakespeare adorn the door. Michael walks up. Hey. That's a cool picture. What's the color for? Is it to uh, keep him from licking images? Because <laughs> he has... Um, <clears throat> kidding. No, uh, because I know you're a fan of Shakespeare. More than a fan. We're involved. Okay. Who could refrain that had a heart to love? And in that heart... Courage to make love known. Michael thinks for a minute. Macbeth, right? Right. So, uh, listen. I have this friend. Exterior, soccer field, day. Cameron sits next to Patrick on the bleachers as they watch the girls practice. What did you do to her? I didn't do anything. Would have been too drunk to remember. But the plan was working. What do you care? I thought you wanted out. Yeah, well, I did, but uh, that was until she kissed me. Where? In the car. Michael is jogging up to them from across the jogging track. As he crosses it, he is nearly run over by two joggers. Oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Squeeb, putts. Mm -hmm. Yep. Sorry. He sits with Cameron and Patrick. All right, I talked to her. I got the scoop. What'd she say? Hates him with the fire of a thousand suns. That's a direct quote. Thanks, Malcolm. That's very comforting of you. We don't know. She, she could just need a day to cool off. A soccer ball flies past them from the field, narrowly missing their heads. Whoa! Pat stands menacingly, glaring at them. Yeah. Maybe two. Interior. School courtyard day. Pat and Mandela walk. Pat sees a prom flyer and tears it down as the flyer posting girl watches. Hey. Pat doesn't hear her and just keeps walking. Can you imagine who would go to that antiquated mating ritual? Me, but I don't have a date. Do you really want to get all dressed up so some dracar noir wearing Dexter with a boner can feel you up while you're forced to listen to a band that by definition sucks? Okay, all right, we won't go. It's not like I've got a dress anyway. You're looking at this from the wrong perspective. We're making a statement. Oh, goody. Something new and different for us. Exterior, archery field, day. Mr. Chapin instructs his boys and girls shoot arrows at targets. Joey swaggers up to Bianca, who is taking careful aim. Hey there, Cupid. Hi, Joey. You're concentrating awfully hard, considering it's gym class. She turns to look at him and releases the arrow at an angle. A cry is heard off camera. Bianca clearly isn't interested in talking to Joey. Can I help you? I want to talk to you about prom. Look, you know the deal. I can't go... If Cat doesn't go. In the background, Mr. Chapin crumples to the ground with an arrow sticking out of his rear end. Chastity scurries over to help him. Your sister is going. 
Bianca looks at him, surprised. Since when? Oh, let's just say I'm taking care of it. Joey takes an arrow and hands it to her as he walks away. Interior hallway, day. Joey hands two $100 bills to Patrick. Here, this should take care of the flowers, the limo, the tux, everything. Just make sure she gets to the prom. Patrick's conscience seems to be bothering him. You know what? I'm sick of playing your little game. He hands back the cash. Joey reaches into his pocket again and looks around. You sick of, let's say, $300? Patrick looks a bit tortured, but eventually takes the money. Interior, guitar store, day. Kat is playing a guitar with headphones on. Patrick comes up behind her, then decides to leave her alone. Interior, bookstore, day. Patrick scans the store for Kat, sees her, and follows her from the next row of books. When they, reach, when they reach the end of the aisle, he confronts her. Excuse me, have you seen the feminine mystique? I've lost my copy. What are you doing here? I heard there was a poetry reading. You're so... Charming. She turns and begins to walk away. Awesome. Unwelcome. You're not as mean as you think you are. You know that? And you're not as badass as you think you are. Ooh. Someone still has their panties in the twist. <laughs> Don't for one minute think you had any effect whatsoever on my panties. Ooh, then what did I have an effect on? Other than my upchuck reflex? Nothing. She heads for the door, handing him a copy of the feminine mystique as she leaves. Interior, cafeteria, day. Cameron and Michael flank Patrick as he piles food onto his tray. You're right. She's still pissed. Eat, love, renew thy force. Hey, man, don't say shit like that to me. People can hear you. Sorry. Look, you embarrass the girl. Sacrifice yourself on the altar of dignity and even the score. Even Shepard scowls and walks away. Listen, don't say shit like that to him. People can hear you. Interior, hallway, day. Patrick hands a wad of cash to a pudgy kid and smiles. Interior, field announcer's booth, day. A pair of hands are scanning the controls for the school stadium's audio setup. One hand holds a cordless microphone. The other turns up the volume on a switch labeled Field Mic Announce. Exterior, the bleachers, day. Looking down on the field where the girls are practicing soccer, Patrick stands atop the bleachers with the microphone in his hand and begins to sing an old love song. I love you, baby. And if it's quite all right, I need you, baby. To spend a lonely night. And if you love me, baby, let me love you. He completes the first verse as everyone watches, then gives a signal to the pudgy kid he met in the hall earlier. The kid is the leader of the school marching band, which then chimes in and begins playing the music for the song. Cat <laughs> is thrilled. Uh, Patrick continues singing and dancing around on the bleachers until two cops arrive. They grab him as the soccer team applauds his performance. He breaks free and continues hamming about, 
spanks an officer's bum as he passes, then runs away. Cat is obviously flattered. <laughs> Interior detention hall day. Patrick and several other miscreants sit quietly, mulling over their misfortune as Mr. Chapin presides. Mr. Chapin tries to sit on the edge of the desk, grimaces in pain from his arrow wound, and someone in the classroom giggles. Ah. You look pretty nervous. Yes, sir. Sweating like a pig. Yes, sir. Your eyes are all uh, bloodshot. Yes, sir. Yeah, I can tell anyway. You got pot, don't you? Stoner kid has a bag of weed. (laughs) I'm confiscating this. He turns around and sees a bag of Cheetos on another kid's desk, which he also takes, revealing possible future plans for his contraband. This too. Cat mm. suddenly enters the room and approaches Mr. Chapin. Patrick looks up and sees her. Um, sir, I have some ideas on how we can improve the girls' soccer team. Great. Let's talk about it later. He turns away and she uses the opportunity to motion to Patrick. The window. The window. Mr. Chapin turns back around and she laughs. <laughs> No, we have a really big game with Hillcrest High. Patrick runs for the side mm-hmm. of the room and she distracts Mr. Chapin. Mr. Chapin begins to turn, but she grabs his arm to stop him. Good. Oh, your bicep is huge. Oh my God. Uh, the other one's even bigger. You don't take steroids, do you? Because I've heard steroids can severely disintegrate your package. The classroom murmurs, including an inexplicable older balding guy in the back row who seems to be a badly cast extra. <laughs> that's not the point. Uh, let's, uh, let, let's hope not. Yeah? <laughs> he hears Patrick make a creaking noise and tries to turn. She stops him. The point is, they kick our butts every year, and I was thinking I devised a plan that will enable us to finally defeat them. Which is? Patrick is sneaking toward the window behind him next to a big sign that reads, All's Quiet on the Western Front. That thing. You taught us. What thing? Misdirection. I taught you that? Yeah, yeah. You or Siegfried or Roy. Anyway, that's not important. The... He tries to turn again and she grabs his chin to stop You think about it! Um, they're looking left and we're running right... Bang! We score! We win. Cat starts to panic, so as Patrick has yet to make it out the window. Okay, okay. Okay, but how do we get him to look left? Um, like this! Cat lifts her shirt just long enough for Patrick to escape. The miscreants cheer for both the daring escape and the flash of skin. Okay, well... Now that you've seen the plan, uh, I'm going to I'm going to go show the the plan to someone else. Okay. She walks away as the classroom applauds. Exterior in the bay, day, Patrick and Cat pedal a small rented leisure boat. They are laughing together. <laughs> <laughs> 
I I can't thank you enough for helping me sneak out of detention. Very cool. No problem. I thought for sure I was busted when I was climbing out the window, I tell you. So how did you keep him distracted? Oh, I dazzled him with my wits. So what's your excuse? For acting the way we, we do. I don't like to do what people expect. Why should I live up to other people's expectations instead of my own? So you disappoint them from the start and then you're covered, right? Something like that. Uh, then you screwed up. How? You never disappointed me. Are you up for it? Up for what? He motions to the sign for a paintball game. Exterior, paintball park, day. They chase each other around and get covered in paint, having a good time of it. Eventually, they end up falling down and literally rolling in the hay. Caught in an embrace and a short bit of lip suck action before the game continues. Exterior, Stratford House, day. Patrick pulls up outside Cat's house and they get out. Paint still streaks their hair. No, none of that stuff is true. State trooper? Fallacy. Uh, dead guy in the parking lot. Rumor. The duck? Hearsay. Bobby Ridgeway's balls. Fact. But he deserved it. He tried to grope me in the lunch line. Fair enough. The accident? It's real. I lived in Australia until I was 10. With the pygmies. Close. With my mom. Where were you last year? I know the porn career is a lie. Do you? They pause for a moment, then laugh. Tell me something true. Something true. Okay. I hate peas. No. (laughs) Something real. Something no one else knows. Okay. You're sweet and sexy and completely hot for me. You're amazingly self-assured. Has anyone ever told you that? I tell myself that every day, actually. He kisses her. Go to prom with me. Is that a request or a command? Come on. Go with me. No. No? Why not? No. I won't go with you. Why not? Because. I don't want to. It's a stupid tradition. Come on. People won't expect you to go. Cat turns to him, getting angry. Why are you pushing this? What's in it for you? (laughs) He plays the role of the guilty, accused husband, answering with an accusatory question. No. So I need to have a motive to want to be with you? You tell me. God, you need therapy. You know that? Has anyone ever told you that? (laughs) Answer the question, Patrick. Nothing. There's nothing in it for me. Just the, the pleasure of your company, okay? He takes out a cigarette. She throws it away before she storms off and slams the door to the house. Interior, study hall, day. Cameron and Bianca sit together at a table. She stares at him. Fuck. Uh, 
Est-ce que je peux vous offrir une euh, parsnip? <rire> Pas de tout. C'est où le crayon de mon oncle? Je ne sais pas. Peut-être dans ton cou? Uh, wait, what? What a minute? What? Wait a minute. That's, that's, that's not on this page. Laisse-moi te demander une question, Cameron. Quand me demanderais-tu de sortir avec moi? She gets up and storms off. Cameron, perplexed at this development, obviously didn't understand what she said. He flips through his French book for an explanation and evidently find one, finds one. Melt. Um, interior hallway, day. Mandela opens her locker. Hanging inside is a beautiful period style green dress with a note. Mandela holds the dress up to read the note. The note reads, Oh, fair one, join me at the prom. I will be waiting. Love, William S. Mandela seems pleased. <laughs> Exterior, Stratford House, patio, day. Walter does crutches on an abdominal machine. He is struggling magnificently. <clears throat> Good. He stands up as Bianca enters. Daddy? Hi, honey. Um, I want to discuss tomorrow night. As you know, it's the prom. He has been using a stretchy arm workout device and it suddenly flies off. <laughs> the prom? Cat has a date? Well, well, no. Well, don't think you're fooling me for a second. I know you want to bend the rules for it's that hot rod, Joey. What's a hot rod? It's a... If your sister's not going, you're not going. End of story. Okay, let's review. Cat, not interested. Me, dying to go. You know what happens at proms? Yes, Daddy. We'll dance, we'll kiss, we'll come home. It's not quite the crisis situation you imagine. Kissing, huh? That's what you think happens? Got news for you. Kissing isn't what keeps me up in my elbows in placenta all day long. Can we for two seconds ignore the fact that you're severely unhinged and discuss my need for a night of teenage normalcy? What's normal? Those damn Dawson's River kids sleeping in each other's beds and whatnot? Daddy, that is so... I got news for you. I'm down. I got the 411 and you are not going out and getting jiggy with some boy. I don't care how dope his ride is. She groans and leaves. Yeah, my mama didn't raise no fool. <laughs> the stretchy arm device now comes flying back into the patio and lands in the hot tub. Thanks, Bill. Interior, Bianca's room, day. Bianca lies on her bed watching the real world, Seattle. A knock sounds. Come in. Cat enters. Listen, I know Bianca isn't listening. Cat turns off the TV. Listen, I know you hate having to sit at home because I'm not Susie High School. Like you care. I do care. But I'm a firm believer in doing something for your own reasons and not someone else's. Well, I wish I had that luxury. You know, I'm the only sophomore that got asked to the prom and I can't go because you don't feel like it. 
Joey never told you that we went out, did he? Yeah, okay. In ninth. For a month. Why? Because he was like such a babe. But you hate Joey. Now I do. So what happened? Cat indicates with a nod and a raised eyebrow that they went all the way. Oh, please tell me you're joking. Just once, right after mom left. Everyone was doing it, so I did it. Afterwards, I told him I didn't want to anymore because I wasn't ready, and he got pissed and dumped me. Bianca stares at her, dumbfounded. After that, I swore I'd never do anything just because everyone else was doing it. And I haven't since. With the exception of Bogey's party and my stunning digestive pyrotechnics. How is it possible that I did not know about this? Oh, I warned him that if he told anyone, the cheerleading squad would find out how small his dick is. <laughs> okay, but so why didn't you tell me? I wanted to let you make up your own mind about him. <laughs> then why did you help Daddy hold me hostage? It's, it's not like I'm stupid enough to repeat your mistakes. I guess I thought I was protecting you. By not letting me experience anything for myself? Well, not all experiences are good, Bianca. You can't always trust the people you want to. Well, I guess I'll never know, will I? She rises and holds the door open for Kat, then slams it behind her. Interior, Kat's room, day. Kat lies in bed, staring at the ceiling. She rolls over and looks out the window. Bianca is looking pitiful in a tire swing. (laughs) Interior, living room, night. Walter sits on the couch, transfixed by an ad for an aerosol product that covers baldness. Interesting. Cat descends the stairs in an elegant blue prom dress and heads for the door. Bye, Dad. I'm going to the prom. Mm, Funny, sweetie. Cat shuts the door behind her. Bianca walks into the living room. She's wearing a prom dress. Walter sees and immediately crosses to where she stands. What's that? A prom dress. I seem to be hearing that word a lot lately. The doorbell rings and Bianca opens it. There stands Cameron in a tuxedo. He takes in Bianca's outfit. Uh, Hi. (laughs) Wow. Hi. Um, I, uh, wow. Wow. Bye, Daddy. Stop. Turn. Explain. Okay. Remember how you said I could date if Kat dated? Well, she found this guy who's actually kind of perfect for her, which is actually kind of perfect for me because Cameron asked me to go to the prom and I I really, really want to go. And since Kat went, I guess I'm allowed to based on the aforementioned rule and its previous stipulations. Of course. Nice to meet you. Let's go. They dash away down the walk. I know every cop in town, bucko. This is not good. Interior prom dance floor night. A band that does not exactly suck by definition plays to a very responsive crowd. Interior prom balcony night. 
Sorry, I was playing letters to Cleo in my head. Cat ascends the grand staircase and stops. Patrick notices and comes up behind her. <laughs> wow. You too. He hands her a rose. Where'd you get a tux at the last minute? No, oh, just something I had, you know, lying around. Oh. Where'd you get that dress? Oh, just something I had, you know, lying around. He smiles. Listen, I'm really sorry that I questioned your motives. I was wrong. You're forgiven. Okay. Ready for the prom? Yes, ma'am. Interior, Stratford doorway, night. Joey arrives in a tux and knocks on the door. Walter opens it. Hi, Mrs. Stratford. Uh, I'm Joey. I'm here to pick up Bianca. Walter gives him an icy glare in silence and then slams the door in his face without saying a word. Interior, prom, dance floor, night. Patrick and Kat enter. Kat steps forward, looking around and spots Cameron and Bianca dancing cheek to cheek. Across the room, Mandela enters nervously in the long Elizabethan gown, hair piled on top of her head. She spots Kat and hurries over, distressed. Have you seen him? Who? William, he asked me to meet him here. Oh, Mandela, tell me you haven't progressed to full-on hallucinations. Patrick looks toward the stage and nods. Mandela turns to look. Michael, in Shakespearean-like attire, bows in their direction. Mandela beams. Michael makes his way through the crowd over to her. Lady. Good sir. Michael kisses her hand in courtly manner. Interior, prom dance floor night, shortly after. Kat and Patrick clap as the band finishes a song. A new song begins and Kat recognizes it. It's her favorite band. Oh my God. It's- I called in the favor. Kat stares in honest appreciation as the lead singer of her favorite band appears on stage and makes her way to the crowd to sing directly to Kat. She turns back toward the stage and Patrick kisses Kat. The music plays. Interior, prom, ladies room, night. Bianca is at the mirror. Chastity emerges from a stall. What are you doing here? Chastity oh. is aloof. Oh, I know you didn't think you were the only sophomore at the prom. Joey just picked me up. Well, congratulations. He's all yours. Chastity maintains her snooty tone. Very generous, princess. And just so you know, Joey had only one, only liked you for one reason. He even had a bet going on with his friends. He was going to nail you tonight. Bianca, very disturbed, runs away. Interior, prom dance floor, immediately after. Patrick and Kat continue to slow dance in good spirits. Milwaukee. What? That's where I was last year. I wasn't in jail. I don't know Marilyn Manson. I didn't sleep with a Spice Girl. I, I don't think. Uh, you see, my, my grandpa, he was ill. So I spent most of the year on his couch watching We Look Fortune and making SpaghettiOs. End of story. <laughs> no way. He's interrupted by Joey pulling him aside. Hey. What's Bianca doing here with that cheese dick? I didn't pay you to take out Kat so that some little punk could snake me with Bianca. 
Pat has heard everything. Patrick looks at her pleadingly. Nothing in it for you, huh? She leaves. Patrick follows. Across the room, Michael spots the altercation and dances Mandela over to Cameron and Bianca. Shit had hit the fan. Michael and Cameron leave Mandela and Bianca and head for Joey. Across the room, Michael and Cameron approach Joey quickly. <laughs> Joey, Val, compadre, listen. Joey pushes him roughly to the ground. Cameron passes Joey to help Michael. You messed with the wrong guy, and now you're going to pay. You and that little bitch. All right. That's enough, okay? You crossed the line. Joey punches Cameron in the face, knocking him to the ground. Oh, come on. Get up, you little punk. He turns around just in time to catch one in the nose from a very pissed off Bianca. Shit, Bianca. I'm shooting a nose spray ad tomorrow. That's for making my date bleed. She belts him again. That's for my sister. And again. That's for me. She pushes him onto the ground with Michael and Cameron. She and Mandela help their dates off the floor. Are you okay? Never been better. She kisses him and they begin to dance. Everyone slow dances as Joey groans on the floor and holds his crotch. Interior, hotel stairway, night. Kat heads for the stairs and Patrick catches up to her as they reach the top. Would you give me a chance to... You were paid to take me out by the one person I truly hate. I knew this was a setup. Kat, it wasn't like that, okay? Really? What was it like? A down payment now and then a bonus for sleeping with me? No. I didn't care about the money, okay? I I cared... I cared about you. She turns to face him with a countenance of both sadness and anger. You are so not who I thought you were. In desperation, he grabs her and kisses her. After a second, she jerks away and flees down the stairs out of sight. Bianca comes running from behind Patrick, sees what has happened, and stops. She seems guilty now for dragging Kat to the prom and into this mess. Exterior, Stratford House, day. Kat is sitting on the balcony, railing with, sorry, is sitting on the balcony railing with a sketchbook in hand. Bianca breezes in, bearing a cup of tea, and offers it to Kat. You want? Kat takes the tea. Thanks. So are you sure you don't want to go sailing with us? It'll be fun. No, I'm fine. Look, I don't know if I ever thanked you for going last night, but it really meant a lot to me. I'm glad. Cameron comes jogging up the steps to the balcony, looking very chipper indeed. He notices the seriousness of the situation. Hey. Hey. You ready? Mm Hmm? See you later. Bye. Bianca and Cameron walk away from Kat. Is she okay? I hope so. They leave, and moments later, Walter enters the balcony from the house. Where's your sister going? Oh, she's meeting some bikers. Big ones. Full of sperm. Funny. So tell me about this dance. Was it hopping? She smirks at his attempted use of hip young lingo. Parts of it. 
Which parts? Uh, the part where Bianca beat the hell out of some guy. Bianca did what? What's the matter? Upset that I rubbed off on her? No. Impressed. Kat looks up, surprised at her father's approval. <clears throat> you know, fathers don't like to admit it when their daughters are capable of running their own lives. It means we've become spectators. Bianca still lets me play a few innings. You've had me on the bench for years. And then when you go to Sarah Lawrence, I won't even be able to watch the game. When I go? Oh boy, don't tell me you've changed your mind. I already sent him a check. Kat, overjoyed, reaches over and gives him a hug. English class day. Mr. Morgan stands at a podium and faces the class with an open book in front of him. All right. I assume everyone has found time to complete their poem, except for Mr. Donner. He begins to laugh, very pleased. Joey sulks at his desk behind a pair of sunglasses. (laughs) Who has an an excuse? (laughs) A sharp day, lose the glasses. Joey reluctantly removes his shades to reveal severe damage. The class snickers. <clears throat> All right. Anyone brave enough to read theirs aloud? No one moves. Then Kat slowly raises her hand. I will. Oh, Lord, here we go. Kat stands and walks to face the class. She clears her throat before reading from her notebook. <clears throat> I hate the way you talk to me and the way you cut your hair. I hate the way you drive my car. I hate it when you stare. I hate your big, dumb combat boots and the way you read my mind. I hate you so much it makes me sick. It even makes me rhyme. I hate it. I hate the way you're always right. I hate it when you lie. I hate it when you make me laugh. Even worse, when you make me cry. I hate it when you're not around and the fact that you didn't call. But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close, not even a little bit, not even at all. She looks directly at Patrick. He looks back this time morose thoughtful. Then she walks out of the room. The rest of the class remains in stunned silence. Exterior parking lot after school. Students are leaving school. Kat walks to her car alone. When she opens the door, she's greeted with the same Fender Stratocaster guitar that Patrick saw her playing in the store before, declining in the front seat. She picks it up slowly, inspecting every detail as Patrick leans in behind her. Nice, huh? A Fender Strat? Is this for me? Yeah. I thought you could use it, you know, when you start your band. Besides, I had some extra cash. You know, some asshole paid me to take out a really great girl. Is that right? Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) But I screwed up. I, uh, I fell for her. He blushes and looks down. Really? It's not every day 
you find a girl who will flash someone to get you out of detention. Kat is surprised and embarrassed that he found out about the flash. Oh, God. She laughs. She takes, <laughs> takes this as a sign to kiss her, and he does. She lets him this time, then breaks it off suddenly. You can't just buy me a guitar every time you screw up, you know? <laughs> he winces. Yeah, I know. But then, you know, there's always drum and bass and maybe even one day tambourine. He gives her another kiss, but <laughs> she breaks off again. And don't think that you can just... He kisses her to shut her up, not letting her end it this time. As the music plays, we pan out of the parking lot, across to the school building, and up to where the band is playing on the roof. The music plays, and the credit rolls. I want you... You want me... I need you to need me. I love you. <laughs> didn't I, 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 didn't I,